Hi, welcome to the cottage. We are a lively outpouring of an exciting adventure into God's riches and glories in Christ Jesus. We regularly work to activate an excitement for the kingdom of God as it is in the now until it comes into its fullness. We invite you to our sessions to explore the heights and depths of God's love in a fuller bandwidth. I'm Dr. Ken, the pastor of a small independent church seeking to return to the Lord's zeal in times where apathy and lethargy rule the day of the complacent. We try to shake things up and offer a temporary home as we travel this sod until we reach higher ground and connect into the everlasting life from above, here on the earth as it is in heaven. For more information, you can email us at thecottage at dken.cc. That is thecottage at dken.cc. Ah. Welcome back to the cottage. We're continuing with Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. Okay, well, we, like I said, we keep going around and around talking in the general sense of the spiritual disciplines. And we've been, uh, Sunday nights, we've been in the book of Hebrews. We've done two s- sessions. And I want to return to where we left off last Sunday night in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. And I want to look at this. Uh, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. And we talked about last week, you know, how great God is. And why wouldn't you want to come fellowship? And then we talked a little bit about that on Friday. When we gathered together, how we gathered together to eat because we're coming together with God and we're coming together with God's people. And how we can gather and, and, and so why would we forsake that? Why would we forsake the assembling together of ourselves as Ed just talked about the manner of some is? But we are here to exhort one another. And so much more as you see the day approaching that Ed keeps talking about. And so we are commanded to gather together. But it's for our good. It's not a rule, as I said earlier. It's not just a rule that we have to do it. It's not a have to. It's a get to. Amen. (laughs) That's what I tried to teach you in Hebrews. Hebrews is not a have to. Hebrews is you get to be with God. He gives you access. So why wouldn't you want to access that? Why would you want to forsake that? Why? But we made it a bunch of rules. And because we made rules, most people think rules are meant to be broken. But they don't understand the benefit of what we get. And we have to begin to remind them. My aunt was so blessed coming out of the message this morning. Because she came here. And we met a need of hers. That tomorrow she knows she's going to go into that hospital with her son-in-law and her daughter. And she is better ready to do that. Why? Because she did not forsake the assembling together. She came into the house of God. She got God's word and God's people gathered around her in support. And she can go in that hospital tomorrow now to her son-in-law who desperately needs Jesus. (laughs) Because she did not forsake. See, that's the problem. They're forsaken. God hasn't moved. God is still on the throne. God has not moved. In Acts chapter 2, 
Verse 42, this is what characterized the church. And they continue steadfastly in the apostle doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of the bread and prayers. Fellowship. Fellowship. Now I'm not sure what you think of this idea of fellowship. But this is, they came together for this. And I've been talking about this in all these messages. How we need to fellowship with God, fellowship with one another. But what's, what's behind this term fellowship? Koinonia. It's participation. The Greek word for fellowship is, is koinonia. It's participation. The biblical sense lexicon has it as the act of sharing. Do you realize that we are sharing? Again, go back to Revelation chapter 4 and 5. Read those two chapters and see what's going on up there. And we're participating. We're sharing in that. We're also sharing with all the believers around the world who've already had their church. And maybe a few out in California that people still believe in Jesus out there. <laughs> that will after us. We're participating in a whole lot more. So you might see empty pews here, but you've got to realize, look at what's going on in heaven. We are participating in that. And we're participating in all the Christians around the world. And it's not as glum here as it is in some other places. Even though they're persecuted, they are flourishing and thriving. The act of sharing and the activities. All that activity in heaven, we participate in that when we come together and we sing these songs. In the privileges of an intimate, I talked about the intimacy, an intimate association or group. The church of Jesus Christ. And we have intimate access to our Father. We are His children. Who's your daddy? <laughs> Come on now. Who's your daddy? You have intimate access to this Father. Association of, of this group, especially used in marriages and churches. <laughs> and that's going to be very important here. Because that's exactly how Paul described it. In Ephesians 5.23 For the husband is the head of the wife even as Christ is the head of the church and he is the savior of the body. How close were you to your wife? How close am I to my wife? Your wife. How close are you to your spouses? How close are you? How close are you to your Christ? How close are you to your Christ? And granted we hope all your spouses are up there that aren't here if they've passed away. And they're in that and you're still in communion with them. Why? Through Christ. You're still connected with your spouse. Still connected. There's a connection still there. Amazing. This participation. When you go to church, you're still going to church because they're up there having church. You're having church with them. With your parents. Your parents. You're having church with your parents. Did you know that? Did you think about what participation is? Why would you want to forsake that? Why on God's green earth would you want to do anything else? Ephesians 5.26 That he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water word. Cleanse what? The church. The word is what cleanses us. And I'm told over in Europe that it's kind of hard to get some water sometimes that Europeans are known for waiting and having a bath once a week. 
Yeah, I know. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. My wife ain't having that. But sometimes, depending on the water situation, might be necessary. But she'll be so happy when she gets in the parsonage. We don't have to wait on water. She turns the tap on and there'll be water there. Oh my goodness. She'll be in heaven. But we wash in the Word and it cleanses us. Jesus said in John 15, the Word cleanses us. That He might present it, the church, to Himself as a glorious church. He's washing us. Making us glorious. Not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing. But it should be holy and without blemish. This is my wife. Paul says, your relationship to Christ is like your relationship with your spouse. This is my wife. She's all the time trying to clean my messes. She's a bit of a holiday because I'm not there. But she's still got Jubilee making messes and Teresa making messes and the rest of her family making messes. What's she trying to do? She's trying to feed. She's trying to clean. She's trying to take care of. She's asking God, am I a failure? Why is Jubilee going to the hospital so much? Is it because I'm not cleaning enough? Am I not doing this enough? And yet this is what Christ wants to do for us. He washed the disciples' feet. He wants to wash our feet. He wants to cleanse us with his word. Because out there it gets awful dirty. Out there it stinks. Why wouldn't you want to at least come once a week and have a bath? (laughs) And you wonder why these people stink. Because they're never in church to get a bath. They're never in the Word to be cleansed. I knew one guy. They told me the story about him. I heard this story. I mean, it's just... People remember certain people. I'm over there and they said, I hope you're not going to be like that one guy. He would wash his clothes every day. He would have a bath every day and wash his clothes. But he wore the same clothes every day. The only problem is he didn't use soap. Oh my Lord, they said. And you're like, you know, you can't say it because he, he, you asked him, you have a bath. Well, of course I had a bath. He's doing it right. He's going through the motions. Of course I had a bath. But he's going around stinking. He did it. He's just following the rules. He's just going through the motions. We need to wash with the water of God's word. Verses 20. We're still in Ephesians 5, verses 28 to 30. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife love himself. For no man ever yet hateth his own flesh, but nourisheth it and cherisheth it, even as the Lord of the church. Sometimes I think my wife loves my body more than I do. She says, I don't think you're loving it very much. You're destroying it. But I'm supposed to love it. And Christ loves us. Even as the Lord loves the church. A friend of mine says, when you get married, you're going to find out how much Jesus loves you. Why? Because I married someone that reminds me every day of Jesus Christ. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. Verses 31 to 32. 
For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall be joined in his wife, and the two shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. <laughs> the problem is we got a lot of people that have left the church. But they're supposed to leave that to come here. He's speaking of the church here. The mystery of the church. This participation. This fellowship. This intimacy. That we're supposed to have with Christ. As the church. And with each other. Because remember what I talked about on Friday night. The marriage feast. Hello. It all comes together now. Don't you get it? What God's doing. What he's trying to speak to us. It all comes together. Intimacy with the body equals intimacy with the family. We are the family of God. We are to have intimacy. I have intimacy with my wife and a child is born. Intimacy with one another creates intimacy with family. By me being intimate with my wife, I have a child. By us being intimate with Christ and with each other and getting to the point where people want to come here and experience what we got. They'll come. They'll come. When they see what we have. Intimacy. The word church used here is the word ecclesia. What's the biblical sense? The church universal. All believers around the world understood as if a singular assembly. He's talking about everybody. When he talks about the church. But Revelation 4 and 5 church is happening in heaven and all the churches around the world. When we come together, we're participating in all of that. It's the assembly of God. <laughs> That's where they get that terminology for their church. Sometimes of all believers throughout all time. Because they're up there. They're with Him. We are connected with them. And people don't realize what church really is. We need to help them understand what he meant by the word church. This is the word in the Greek. If you get the Greek scriptures out, when they translated the Hebrew into the Greek, in Deuteronomy 31, 31, it says, And Moses spake in the ears of all the congregation of Israel, the assembly, the words of this song until they were ended. The assembly. The congregation. coming together of all of God's people to participate, to love each other, but also to together love God. Think about family. Family that sits together, have meals together. Today's families don't do that. One's over here eating with that device and one's in the other room eating there with that device. We don't, get, we don't sit together. We don't fellowship. We don't participate with each other. And communicate with each other. The intimacy. The intimacy. Not forsaking the assembling together of ourselves as the matter of some is. But exhorting. What's he talking about? Urging. Urging. Let's go to the sense lexicon here. To exhort. To earnestly support. Encourage a response or an action. We're supposed to urge each other along in this. How was your week? Oh, well, let's pray. Let me connect you with Christ. You had a bad week? Let's connect you with Christ. 
the urgency that we can share the prayer request, but we can also share the praises. Hallelujah. Thank the Lord. Jubilee was, you didn't hear, but uh, Ed, but Jubilee was singing Jesus Loves Me this morning and trying to get it out, but she was getting disturbed by all the activity around her. And Teresa was trying to help her, but there was so much commotion going on. Sherilyn jumped on the phone this morning and helped them out. Because they just weren't quite getting it in sync. She was trying, but she wasn't getting the help because everybody else was making a, you know, doing their thing. The world is out there doing their thing, and we're trying to get Jesus loves me out there. And Julie's just trying to get it out. She knows the song, but she was trying to get it out. And Teresa was trying to help her. I think they were actually looking it up, but since they were on the phone, they couldn't speak it into the phone and it pull up the song. I think that's what she wanted to do. She's been wanting to dance again. She loves to dance. She's only been swaying because she hasn't felt like it for six weeks. And now she's so excited. She got all that stuff out of her. <laughs> she got all that stuff out of her. Went 11 times on Saturday. Got all that stuff out of her. And now she's ready to pick those feet up. <laughs> Hallelujah. How much stuff we got inside of us that prevents us from experiencing God's richest blessings as we're meant to, as the life that I talked about this morning in not the letter of the law. I have a bath every day, that guy can say. The letter of the law. Or the spirit that gives life. Now Jubilee's like, all right. She's standing there watching all these people during the festival dance and have a good time, all these other kids, and she can't do it because her body just won't do it. I'm starting to figure that out. Mom and Dad warned me that it's coming. My body's just not wanting to do certain things anymore. And yet she got it. She got all that junk out of her so that she could then start dancing again. And what did she want to do when she saw me here? And she knew as I was at church, she wanted to talk about Jesus. She wanted to sing, Jesus loves me. See, she knows. She knows daddy's at church. It's Sunday morning. And she's ready to participate. Even though she's halfway around the world. And for her it was Sunday night. She knows instinctively what's inside of her. She's got it figured out. How come we can't figure it out? (laughs) Because Jesus said children can get this stuff figured out. Romans 15 verses 4 and 5. For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Patience and comfort (laughs) through the scriptures. Not instant answers from Jesus that I pray and I get what I want. Now the God of patience and consolation grant you to be like-minded one toward another according to Christ Jesus. Here's this fellowship, this participation that we are like-minded with one another even as we're like-minded with Christ. That we get this consolation, that we get this exhortation. That we receive comfort and exhortation. That we are urged on to be together in these things. That we come together. For our learning. In Matthew 12, verses 28 to 31. And one of the scribes came, having heard them reasoning together and perceiving that he had answered them well. Asked, which is the first commandment of all? And Jesus answered, the first commandment is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one, Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, and all thy strength. And this is the first commandment. And the second is namely this, like this. 
That thou shalt love thy neighbor's self. There is none other commandment greater than these two things. And this is what church is all about. Loving God and loving each other. Coming together and feeling that consolation that we just read about in Romans 15. Together we all come together as like-minded. We're on the same page. (laughs) And we all together love each other and love God. That's what everybody says about this church. I mean, I know some people compliment the Word of God in this house. But you know, I get more compliments about the people than I do anything. This church is the friendliest church I've ever been to. The people here are just so wonderful. I get that. They can go on. I'm sure there's far better preachers out there on the internet somewhere. But the number one compliment I get of people that come to this church is the people there are so wonderful. That's the number one thing people tell me. Number one, love God. Number two, love each other. Church. In Luke 4, 16. He came to Nazareth where he had been brought up as his custom was. And he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up reading. Jesus had a habit of going to church every week. Jesus went. Why don't we teach Christians to do what Jesus did? Why do we teach Christians that all you have to do is get wet and you're saved and you have to darken the door of the church again? I mean, I'm not, we're not saying that, but that's what they're getting. Because otherwise they'd be here. They'd be here. We've taught them something wrong. Romans 15, we're supposed to teach them to come here for consolation, for the hope. But we've somehow got the wires crossed and they got the wrong message. If Jesus as God in the flesh had to go every week, why aren't we going? That was my wife's problem with Jubilee. The poor child doesn't go. (laughs) That was Cecil's problem. He couldn't go. What's wrong with him? They don't go to church. It's unnatural. My wife's like, it's unnatural. For Jubilee, she should be going. She's not going. It's so many days, she's not going. That's not right. But they don't see any problem with them not going to church. I don't get it. How have we taught that? And all we can throw at them is Hebrews 10, 25. Well, the Bible says you shouldn't have to take that. There's so much more here. Hello, I'm digging deeper here. There's so much more. Jesus went to church. And you call yourself Christian? You're following him? What does Matthew 12, 30 say? He that is not with me is against me. (laughs) My Lord, what are you going to do with that verse? He that gathereth not with me scattereth abroad. Are we gathering with the Lord? Are they with him? Because he went to church every week. He's praying all the time to the Father. He wants to go. Okay, I understand you disciples, whatever, but I got to go be with the Father. Ephesians 4.16, we've been through this several times. From whom the whole body jointly 
fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplies. We saw that Friday night. Every joint supplies. Everybody came together and everybody brought something. And every, that was a wonderful, glorious meal when every joint supplies. And everybody gets involved and everybody's doing. Not one is doing, not two is doing. The whole church is doing. That's what happens when you have church. When everybody is doing. If it's only going to be one or two, that ain't church. Amen. Church is when everybody's doing. When everybody's with Jesus. When we're all together, like-minded, loving the Lord and loving each other, and we're all in this. When we all decide that Cottage Hills Baptist Church is going to be the house of God, and we all get in it, then it's going to be church. Not just one time on Friday we all get together and do it. We need to do that all the time because this is for Jesus. That meal was for visitors. What are we doing for Jesus? Are we truly all in? Are we truly all in? Every joint supplies according to the effectual working in the measure of every part. Every part has something to contribute. Every part is doing something. Making an increase of the body and the edifying of itself in love. It's all done to edify everything in love, to love upon each other. That we all are doing this together. That's church. That's participation. That's fellowship. That's what he's talking about in Hebrews 10.25. And that's the message that they didn't get. Because if they got it, they'd be here. 1 John 2.19 They went out from us. He's talking to a group of people. They left. They're not here anymore. They went out from us. But they were not of us. For if they'd been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not not all of us. That's a pretty stark thing. and You can spend time in 1 John and go through the rest of that. But the point here in verse 19 is we're supposed to continue with one another and continue in the things of the Lord. We're supposed to be like-minded together with Jesus and what He wants to do in this place. They went out from us because they're just proving they're really not with us. It's just a game for them. It's not real for them. They proved it because it didn't continue. Proverbs 18.1 says, Though through desire a man having separated himself seeketh and intermeddle with all wisdom. Now I'm not sure if you can make that out exactly what the Hebrew is trying to say, so pardon me, Ed, but I think the ESV does a little bit better job here. Whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. The reason why they're not with us is because they don't want us and they don't want Jesus. They want their own desire. They've isolated themselves. And he breaks out against all sound judgment. It doesn't make any sense. Like my wife said, the child has got to go. You can't feed that much food. She never stopped eating. As a matter of fact, she got hungrier and she was already hungry. The food has got to come out sometime. You can't put that much food in the child and not come out. It doesn't make any sense. And what John is saying, Proverbs says, if you isolate themselves, it's because they want their own desire. They really don't want Jesus. 
and they're proving it. And it's against all sound judgment. Why wouldn't you want to be with Jesus? Why wouldn't you want to praise God? Why wouldn't you want? We went through all that. How great God is. Why wouldn't you want this? How can you be so deceived by the world? It's because you're being selfish. You know, the kids, mine, mine, mine. And we isolate ourselves and we play alone. Because we're so selfish. James chapter 1, verses 5 through 8. If any of you lack wisdom, talk about the wisdom that we just read in Proverbs 18.1. Let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraith not. Come to church and ask God. Ask your questions. God will give you whatever. He'll answer your questions. And it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like the wave of the sea, driven from the wind and tossed. For let that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. Unstable. If you are on the solid rock of Christ, hallelujah. And it don't matter what. And you're connected with Christ. You get all that strength we talked about this morning. All that power we talked about this morning is yours by being connected with Jesus. It's like the vacuum cleaner. I'm trying to remember, I think it was my sister or something. One of the kids was trying to figure out the vacuum cleaner. They couldn't get the vacuum cleaner to work. you got to plug it in. <laughs> What's the commercial? Plug it in, plug it in. you got to be plugged in. Otherwise, you're just going through the motions. I'm vacuuming the house. But you're not plugged in. So you're not doing anything. You're not cleaning anything. You're just going through the motions. You're having a bath, but you're not using soap and you stink. You're not plugged in. You're not plugged in. Ephesians 4 again. Let's go back. He gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, teachers. Let's get the whole thing in context of verse 16. For the perfecting of the saints. For the cleansing, to wash them. For the perfecting of the saints. So that what? The saints can do what? So that the saints can carry on the work of the ministry. So that we all provide. Just like we did on Friday. For the edifying of the body of Christ. Notice how much time he says for the edifying. The building up. Edification. Of God's kingdom. Till we all come to the unity of faith. Being like-minded, he just said. The unity of the faith. And the knowledge of the Son of God. Unto a perfect man. Unto the measure and the stature and the fullness of Christ. The fullness of Christ is found when you get fully connected to Christ every day. You experience the fullness of Christ. That we henceforth be known with children tossed to and fro, carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. Because they are lying in wait to deceive. And they have convinced all these people that are not here that they don't need to be here to the point that they don't need to be here at all. We talked about that in Psalm chapter 1. Go back to our message on Psalm 1. How they convince us to walk away. To walk away. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in him in all things. My wife loves me and my children so much I see it all the time and she will speak the truth in love and she'll say some things that you say, well, that was hurtful. No, that was needful. She loves me. She loves the child. You've got to do this. You can't do that. 
As much as my Jubilee wanted to eat certain foods when she had that kidney thing, my wife's like, you can't, I'm sorry. I love you so much. I'm telling you the truth and love. You can't eat that. You can't! Because she loves Jubilee. Not because she's being mean to the child. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things. And that's what Alicia wants. She wants my daughter to grow up. And the doctor says, she can't eat this stuff. And Alicia made sure she didn't eat it. Unfortunately, that meant that Teresa wasn't eating it, and neither was Alicia. Why? Because they're a family. They're participating together. Families do that. That's love. That's love. They grew up in him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. Again, that same guy said, when you get a wife and you get children, you'll find out more about the love of God. When you have someone love you, and you must love someone else. And when you have children and figure out what it means to be a father, you'll better understand your father. Both of them. 1 Corinthians 12, 12. For as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. Hello, we're Christ's body. How can you say you're of Christ and you can't attend church? It doesn't make any sense. Go back to Proverbs 18, 1. Whichever version you want to use of that, King James or whatever. But go back to Proverbs 18, 1. What you really want? is you want to isolate yourself. You want to be alone because you're selfish. You just want. You're so full of yourself that you just want to stare at yourself in the mirror all the time. You want to take another selfie. Put it up there on Facebook because you're so great. And you're missing out on the greatness of God. We're the body. The body. Hello. If the foot should say, because I'm not the hand, I'm not of the body, is therefore not a body? How can we separate ourselves if we call ourselves the body of Christ? How in the world can we think we don't have to go to church? It's not you don't have to. You get to go to church. When you get that right, you get to be in the presence of God. You get to be with people who will be there for you. So when you break your arm, they're there for you. Hello? But they want to be a nobody. A nobody. How is it possible not to go to church? 1 Corinthians 12, again, verses 20 and 21. But now there are many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of thee. But that's what they say. I don't need you. And John says, well, I guess that proves you weren't really of us then, huh? I don't know. I mean, you take the, you take the, I'm giving you scripture tonight. I told you that's what I do. I'm going to give you the Bible. Somebody complains, says, well, you don't ever tell stories in Nepal. I did Friday night at the table, not in here. I'm not here to tell you stories. I'm here to give you the word of God. The eye cannot say the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. How in the world can people say this? This is the word of God. Let nothing be done through strife. 
Philippians 2, 3 and 4. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem the other better than themselves. But they esteem themselves better than us. That's why they're not here, because they're doing something far more important than us. Look, not every man on his own things, but every man on the things of others. That's what church is. We don't just look for ourselves and our own selfish needs, but we look at the needs of everybody in the body. I still remember that pastor over there on the other side of the world took that hammer and was going to hit that guy in the thumb. And He said, what are you going to do that for? You can't hit my thumb. He was just your thumb. He says, yeah, but I'm going to feel it. Exactly. (laughs) Then how can you say you don't need to go to church? Where'd you get the theology that you don't need to go to church? Where'd you get the idea that the Bible teaches you don't need to go to church? Because if you get hit in the thumb, the rest of the body's going to feel it. You're connected. You're not being here means God's not able to do everything He wants at Cottage Hills. Because you can't get here You can't be here. Therefore, God can't do what your gift is. Therefore, it's not being done. Verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. You know what the rest of this is? This is called the Carmen Christi. The Song of Christ. We're not sure if the Holy Ghost gave this to Paul. And Paul wrote this exactly for this letter, or if Paul is quoting a song that was already being sung in the early church by the Christians. But this is a song. The rest of chapter 2 of Philippians, beginning in verse 6, he's saying, let this be you. But Jesus was up there in Revelation 4 and 5 territory. Hello. But he came down here. Why? To come get us. So that we could go up there to give us the access. Everything we talked about in the past two Sundays in Hebrews. To give us this access. He left all of that to come here for us to get the access. He didn't think of himself. He thought of us. So that he could get us connected to that. Not so that we could go off on our own and be idiots. So that we would be connected with Him and connected with Christ. He's up there praying for us so that we'll enter in. Why do we pray in Jesus' name? Why in the world do we pray in Jesus' name if we don't need... What in the world? I don't get it. Well, how these people can do this without church. And it says at the end, in verses 10 and 11, that every knee shall bow, every tongue, in heaven, on earth, and even under the earth. They're going to confess that everybody is going to come together. Eventually, when he comes, everybody's going to be on the. Everybody's going to say, Jesus is Lord. Well, why wouldn't you want to do that now? This is the mind. But what did he say? Let nothing be done through strife and vainglory and loneliness of mind. Let each esteem another. Other better than themselves. Look not every man to his own things, but every man also to the things of others. Then he says, let this mind be you, which is also in Christ Jesus. And then he goes into this song about how Jesus emptied himself, came here, was born as a baby, and they offered himself as a sacrifice. And God has now exalted him back up to Revelation 4 and 5 territory. And that's all he's trying to do is he's up there. He showed us here. He's up there. If we're following him, that means in our prayers we're getting up there. Hello. Are you with me? 
Are you putting together these past two Sunday nights and this one together? 1 Corinthians 11.22 What? <laughs> Have you not houses to eat in and drink in? Or despise ye the church of God and shame them that have not what I say to you shall I not praise you I shall not praise you and Paul I would take this a little bit out of context but I'm asking do they really want to despise the church these people were coming to church and interrupting church with their meals and church wasn't able to happen so that people could not enter in like the Jews did when Jesus cleansed the temple where the Gentiles were supposed to come and meet God they had turned it into a marketplace and even the poor person who simply wanted to do worship with God had to go through so much rigmarole and didn't have the money to buy whatever they needed they made it impossible for someone to make contact with God and Paul says you're doing the same thing here you're despising the church because they took up the whole church to do something else. He says, you can do that something else in your own house. He didn't say, go have church in your own house and pray by yourself and you don't have to come here. Oh, but that's what they say. How many times have I been told by people? They tell me all the time, I don't have to go to church. No, that's not what Paul says. Paul says, go do your stuff in your own house, but you still got to come here. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Glory to God. What Bible are they reading? They claim they're reading the Bible. I don't think there are. Otherwise, they'd be in church. <laughs> they're not reading the Bible. And then they wonder why their life's a mess. <laughs> Luke 9.26 For whosoever shall be ashamed of me and my words and of, of him shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he shall come in his own glory and his fathers and of the holy angels. Wow. If we're the body of Christ and people are ashamed to come to church, they're despising the church, uh, this is what God is teaching us in His Word. These are not my words. These are the words of, of God's people. Inspired by the Holy Ghost. These are God's words. These are not mine. And you know, I get told all the time how they don't have to be in church. Somehow they got that message. Not by reading this. <laughs> not by reading this. That I don't have to participate. How in the world did you get that idea? So it's not just telling people. I want you to understand. It's not just telling people what well, Hebrews 25 says, you know. And they get tired of that. They, they, it's like, as soon as you say Hebrews 10, 25, they just switch you off. You know why? Because they're Proverbs 18, 1. <laughs> you know why? Because of everything else I taught you tonight. Get this message. Get it out. Study these scriptures out. Understand these three services that I did in Hebrews. Understand the access that we have and how God commands us to take part in that access. Understand the gloriousness of Friday night can be every service. If we all come together with that same fervor for Jesus that we come together for food. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Woo! That's a tough one, isn't it? That's a hard pill to swallow. But it's the medicine we need. Amen. If we're going to turn this church around. 
Otherwise, we'll be do I'll be doing the funeral here, as Ed has already said, or somebody will. If I'm, you know what I'm saying. So come on, this is God's stuff. We just got to get together and do this. And we got to do it together. That's the way it's got to be. Otherwise, this thing's going down. So we've got to do it because God's word says we are to come together for Him and connect with Him. And that's all the spiritual disciplines. And one of the spiritual disciplines is go to church. And we got so many people that don't even do that. How they got there, I don't know. And I really don't care. How we get them back is by understanding what they're missing and by bringing in our love for them, our love for each other, and our love for God at another level. So they realize when they come here that we're not despising the things of God by having another program like you can get anywhere. No, we're not doing what you can get anywhere. We're doing what's going on up there. We're having heaven here. We're on the earth just as it is in heaven. We're connecting with that Revelation 4 and 5, what God is doing. And we're a part of what God's doing in these days. Because we spend our time with God to understand what He is doing. And we become vessels of the Holy Ghost. And we're moved. They were moved to write the Bible. We're not moved to write any Bible. But we can be moved to do other things. Amen. And that's what it's about. Father, we thank you that your Holy Ghost is here and now. Jesus is there. And you sent Jesus. And Jesus came back. Well, he gave his life away and sacrificed. And then you and Jesus together, you sent us the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost is here now. And we are to take the life from the Holy Ghost out into this world and breathe life to the dead. And cause people to understand missing church is not simply a check mark on some attendance roster in a dusty old building. Missing church is missing the point of why you died and came in the first place. So help us, Father, to rightly understand your word and not forsake this sacred trust that you've given us. But let's be all in, just like we were Friday night, to be all in for what you want to do in Cottage Hills Baptist Church. We pray these things and we ask your wisdom for even more things to come as you speak to us by your Holy Spirit through your word, your Holy Ghost. In Jesus' my name we pray. Hallelujah. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this broadcast. You can find out more about us at dken.cc. That's D-K-E-N dot C-C. We look forward to seeing you next time. God bless you.